Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Longer Haul. Super excited. Great, great, great episode ahead for you today. A really important topic, I think, as I'm talking to more and more youth pastors, finding more and more youth pastors uh, kind of taking on those other duties as assigned. And uh, while that's always a struggle, uh, those duties have changed a bit post-COVID. And so we'll dive in here uh, today with some help, some practical help for that. If you are new to the show, welcome, man. Glad to have you jumping on with us here today. If you're a, a listener, a member of the Longer Hall community, maybe even perhaps a member of the Super Secret Podcast group. Uh, super glad to have you with us. If you didn't hear the last episode, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that one. That'll explain why it's just me uh, today and not me and Chris. Uh, as we are here, a little bit of, of kind of uh, what's going on with the longer haul, what the future is going to look like uh, for the longer haul as well, and uh, and just kind of frame some context for you on uh, that. Um, excited, my friend Matt Curtis is joining us today. We're going to talk a little bit about what it means to take on some more of the designer Calm space, uh, maybe social media you're managing a little bit. Maybe you've all of a sudden been handed a website that you're supposed to manage, or a newsletter now, an email newsletter that you don't know how to do. Uh, and talk through what that looks like. Some helpful tips for you as you're navigating um, that side of things. I do want to tell you, make sure you stick around to the end of this episode because Matt is uh, very graciously giving uh, some resources to you to help you in that space. About 50 bucks worth of stuff that he's just going to give you for free uh, as a member and listener of of the longer haul on that. So make sure you stick around for the end uh, to grab that. Again, great conversation today here as we uh, jump into this idea of what does it what does it look like all of a sudden now when you are handed the responsibility of kind of being in charge of all things comm related, digital uh, related. Maybe it's designing things now and you've lost your clip art uh, CD-ROM and you don't know how to do that. Or uh, now you're in charge of the website and you're learning all that for the first time. So uh, anyway, great episode. I'm excited for us as we jump in. I will say this too. If you're not currently in that role or having to take on those duties, it is highly likely that you will at some point. Uh, so probably worth a listen for you, uh, even with that. But with that said, Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to have you. Uh, Matt, you and I have been friends now for a few years and uh, have worked together uh, at uh, High Desert Church, where I'm, where I'm on staff, uh, prior to your departure for the East Coast, because uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you wanted rain. That's and, right. Yes. I heard it was a thing. I thought I'd check <laughs> it out. <laughs> and you found it. Uh, that's right. That's right. So, hey, for listeners, folks listening, uh, take just a minute, maybe introduce yourself, give a little bit of history and background, and uh, and then we'll jump in from there. Yeah, so I am, one, excited. Um, I love these types of conversations, so this will be fun for me. Um, I grew up on the West Coast. Uh, my dad taught at Biola University, and he was in the Bible department. And so, grew up going on missions trips where he would um, teach at seminaries and all that kind of stuff. And so, naturally, I was I was an art major in college. <laughs> and so, there's always this fascinating tension for me between the creative side, which uh, claims to be able to change the world, and the theology side, which claims to be able to change the world. And I thought to myself, man, if these two sides could just get together, I think maybe we could change the world. <laughs> and so 
uh, went through uh, a degree at Biola as an art major and uh, have a Bible minor because you have to uh, there. And so it was always a fun sort of bridging of the gap of those two spaces just trying to navigate that. And then out of, uh, out of college, really, really interested in surf, skate, you know, snowboarding kind of culture. And so tried to get a job at a bunch of industry places like that. None of them worked out. The only place that would maybe work out was a church. Of course, no way, not interested in working at a church. Um, this is an it's an all too common story. So there's yeah. not really listen. A big you're talking to end. youth pastors. Yeah. We get it. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So lo and behold, the only place I could get a job was at a church. Um, I remember being probably two weeks in and thinking to myself, "What? What in the world have I done? The 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 structure, the processes, the workflows. Like nobody knows how to get anything done here. Like it, it, you know, and it's just it's that that tension between." what you're trying to accomplish, most of it kind of in your, in your youth, but you know, what are you trying to accomplish? And then just the framework of a larger organization. Uh, and honestly, at that point, it really was sort of this fork in the road. Do you, do you bounce and you say, forget these clowns or do you lean in and say, well, if there are legitimate problems here, then maybe I'm here to be able to contribute to the solution. And so the next 16 years <laughs> was me <laughs> leaning into the church um, primarily from that communications role, trying to help churches communicate well. When I was leaving, uh, my first job was at Mariner's Church in Irvine. And I remember as I, was, as I was preparing to leave, I wrote a little like mission statement for myself. What is it that I feel like God has uniquely uh, skilled me, built me, and called me to accomplish? And it was helping the church communicate clearly, effectively, and with integrity. And that was based on what I was seeing at the time. Facebook wasn't even a thing yet when I started in design. So that gives you a little yeah. framework of the, the life I've lived. Um, but, but really, it, it has, has become, how do I help churches communicate well? And so back when I started, it was the church hires a calm army, and they're the ones who do all the work. And as uh, really, I think as social media has kind of evolved, I've actually seen that that structure become a bottleneck for churches. And so if, if you're a church that can't afford a calm person, that's a problem because you, you kind of have to be in the space somehow uh, in, the, in the digital world. But, but the irony that I'm finding now is that if you're a church that's big enough to hire a calm person, you still have a bottleneck in that team. And so I've really spent... I mean, the majority of my time over these years trying to help designers get better at design and calm people get better at calm and, you know, calm strategists be more strategisty. Like that, right. that's where I've invested my energy and I'm looking around and I'm thinking to myself, that's, that's not the only group of people that are, that are kind of dabbling in this space anymore. And so my focus as well is changing. And so I actually have stepped off of a church staff started my own business and it's primarily positioned to help churches through communication and design. But I'm, I'm even realizing I can't help every church in the world, you know, like there's no way. So there has to be a degree of how do I help the people in the trenches uh, embrace some of the principles that can help them be effective in this space. So, yeah. Okay. So frame for me and for those listening, um, who may may not be super familiar even with some of the language, right? That, sure, sure. that we'll throw out today. So when we talk about comm department, like define that for folks. Yeah. So in the old days, comm department meant um, you promoted an event. 
So that was what communication was. You have a you have a men's breakfast and you told some people about it and you probably, you know, you reference clip art. I'm actually glad if they've lost their clip art folder, but <laughs> oh, come on, that's a man. different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I miss the days of, you know, yeah. pulling out my clip art book or maybe then, it, then I had a CD-ROM at some point and oh. making a copy and cutting it out and taping it on and you know, typing up my thing on the typewriter or yeah. printing out my dot matrix printer and leaving room, you know, and then, and then making the copy of with everything taped on it so that I could then make yeah. copies. That yeah, was so, so you, efficient. You you were the original comp person. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a youth pastor. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Look at Jack of all trades. I like that. Uh, but I mean, that was really kind of the, the beginnings of it was we have to, we have to get the message of something out there. And so over time, and this is, this is really the foundation of the problem over time. This is, so this is what I've seen in my career. When I started, I was a graphic designer for the purpose of printing flyers. Yeah. So a ministry leader would come to me, Matt, we're having a, this, we want you to design a flyer for us. Okay. What are the requirements has to be eight and a half by 11 and black and white because it's cheaper to print in black and white than in color. That yeah. was the first battle that I fought out of college. How do I get this organization to see the value of printing in color versus black and white? So that's what comms started as. And then it began to evolve very quickly from there to then include web. And then it started including this weird concept of social media. We're not really sure what it is. We're coming out of the MySpace era and we don't want to be associated with anything bad. But then Facebook somehow changed the perception and then the whole thing just blew up. And yeah. then now it's become podcasts. It's become video has fallen under that. And it's interesting because uh, originally the, the first video person that I worked with, their job was to put essentially mini movies on the gigantic screen in the auditorium. Right. That was their job. Now, all of a sudden, you know, half the content that you see on socials is video. And so your social media person now, is it just a writer of clever copy or a maker of pretty pictures? But now they're also an after effects guru or a, you know, motion graphics specialist. And so the, the whole, the whole trade or the whole space of communication has exploded to be so large and so overwhelmingly big that there's, there's just so many different functions within it. And so, yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of the framework of what calm is, is it's any, any tool that you can leverage to, to put your message out to the audience that needs to hear it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, uh, this is a disclaimer for those who might be listening. Okay. Because I know we have listeners in, uh, all kinds of spaces, sizes, shapes, of, uh, of, of ministries and roles. Uh, you might be in a bivocational role. You might be a volunteer who's listening, who's taking on youth ministry. You might be a full-time, but, uh, at, at a, at a smaller context, you might be at a larger context with, you know, what we're talking about today is practical help regardless of where you fall. So I don't think what we're saying, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that we believe that you should be the one doing everything all the time, or that you even have to be the one doing everything all the time. But to understand the reality of what we do, and I think maybe in student ministry, it affects us more than any place else right now, uh, because our students are living in a digital space, in a digital world, and so much of calm now and, and design and video does fall, like you said, in a digital space, in a digital world. Uh, 
whether or not there's someone else on staff to do it or not, it doesn't mean we get to ignore it. Yeah. And, I, and we're also not saying you have to be the expert at everything. Right. Right. Well, and to your point, I, that's actually what I think I, so, so when I first started having a comm team was abnormal. Uh, yeah. I think of it today's parallel. I, I think on some levels is kind of like having a full-time HR person on your team, not like an executive pastor, but like yeah. just human resources. That's kind of abnormal. There are churches that have it, yeah, but it's not, it's not the, the normative practice. Um, and so calm was very, very much an outlier. And so that that's, actually developed into the Achilles heel of calm is that what organizations have thought is that we can just put all of that thought in one place, in one department, in one staff person, in one fraction of one person. (laughs) Right. But the reality is that this needs to be a holistic thinking kind of a thing across the organization. So you're right. It doesn't matter where you sit in the organization. Calm needs to be a part of the thinking part of it. You know, there's half of it from, from the church perspective, looking out to the congregation and saying, Hey, we want to equip you with the opportunities, the ministries, um, the, the proactive steps that you could be taking in your faith. We want to be communicating those effectively to you. The other part though, and this is where the ministry hat gets put on real fast. Hold on a second. What are these kids walking through right now? What is, what is it do to your soul when you see all of these other kids celebrating only the highlights of their life, but the kid who's watching doesn't have the same kinds of highlights? I mean, we've, we've, we've seen conversations about this over the years where, you know, the psychological toll, the mental health toll, the, the wellness toll, whatever, however you want to articulate that, there is a toll to being in these spaces too. And so that for me is, I mean, that's one of those things where, man, hand me a soapbox because I can stand <laughs> on it because, because I think that the church has, has lagged behind and even paying attention to, to the implications of that space. So, so that's where calm for me is this beautiful marriage between we get to leverage the power of communication to help people progress in their faith. That's incredible. But then we also need to understand there are some pitfalls in this space by being in it ourselves, wisely, carefully, et cetera, we can also help youth and, and really everyone, because my contention is it impacts everybody in the church. Uh, but, but to grow kids up in an era where this is so prevalent, it's important that we can you know, kind of shepherd them well in that as well. Okay, so I have a few questions as we're kind of thinking and processing through here. They're even as we're talking, they're coming to mind. Um, let's talk about starting point. Okay. Sure. So you're uh, you're a youth pastor, you know, listening, and um, you're you've been entrusted with this, or you've been doing it, but you're not quite sure, or maybe you're not even sure where to start. The temptation is to feel this overwhelming responsibility to be everywhere and to do everything right now. Um, I don't know that that is helpful. Right. So if you're, if you're going to, if you were giving advice to a listener right now and they're just trying to figure out where to get started, um, like where, what, what are things they need to consider? Right. Cause I think what we don't want to do is create problems where you're like, you know what? They said pick one. I'm picking TikTok. And you're, you got a pastor who's like, oh, heck no. TikTok is where Satan lives and we're not going there. Um, even though, you know, that may or may not be true. And I'm, I, I laugh a little, but the, the reality is somebody is for sure there, right? Um, so what do you, what kind of things do they need to consider as they're beginning to think through where to start? 
Yeah, there. I mean, there's kind of a couple things in that. The first thing for me is, you know, a little bit to your kind of your your suggestion. I really do think picking a place is wise. So start start with a singular focus. The biggest um, the biggest way to collapse your ability to be to be effective is to do a lot of things in a mediocre way. And so I would say pick something that feels like it is the place where your people are and and invest there and invest there well and spend time investing there and intentionally say no to other things the the ability to intentionally say no is uh it's massive um and and the way that i always recommend that is you know communication is really it's a very pragmatic practice and i know that there's um, there's an article recently about um, the the rise and fall of Mars Hill and kind of talking about pragmatism being one of the major culprits there. And I get it and I, I relate to that. I understand that. But communication is about passing information from one person to another. Graphic design is about transferring concepts from one person to another for the purpose of action. But if if your communication isn't soliciting activity or an action in response, then that means it's not really working well. And the way that you that, that you set that up is you have to answer the question, what is the purpose? What's the point? Like, what's the mission? That's always the way that I kind of say it. What's the mission we're trying to accomplish? And then what tools do we surround that with? What tools do we think will help us move toward our mission most effectively? And so as you're thinking through the list of options that you have, this is going to sound crazy. So don't tell anybody that I said this, but the most effective mode of communication might be designing cards that your students physically take and hand out to other people. I know that I know that the assumption is that digital is king and it's the only way to be effective, but relationship is such a powerful and and I would say in today's day and age interpersonal in-person relationship is unique and in some cases abnormal depending on where you live based on all of the restrictions but when you think through what is the powerful what's the most powerful part of the ministry that you're leading what is the way that that god works you know where do you see god working most in the lives of your students how do you take then communication and and point it towards that and so that's the thing that i would say you think through and so man if you're really pushing a class that's like an important, you feel like this is the thing, then then sort of let go of, do we need a TikTok series or an Instagram series and think through the lens of like, okay, how do we, how do we make this the thing that we're talking about? How do we elevate the importance? How do we make sure that people are clear the value of what we're communicating here or, or what we're trying to accomplish through this class, what it could mean in their life? And so uh, it, it's interesting to me as a calm person, the conversation always begins with the tool that we want to use. Yeah. I don't think I've had a conversation where somebody has come to me and said, Hey Matt, we have this goal that we want to accomplish. <laughs> Instead it's, we got to be on, you know, TikTok or Instagram or, you know, whatever Snapchat. That was a big one. The, yeah. the charge we got to get on Snapchat. Okay. Why? Cause that's where everybody is. Cool. It doesn't sound like our mission though. It doesn't sound like our primary objective as an organization, though. Like, help me connect the dot, and then we can go there. You know, so really thinking through that connection—that's usually what what unearths for a ministry the thing that I should be investing in. It's what is it that points my people to the thing that I think is good for them spiritually as I'm trying to shepherd and lead them. 
So what I'm what I'm picking up there too is this idea that like your purpose is going to drive your priority, hundred percent, right? And so your tools, yeah. If your if your purpose, and I think that's on a broad scale, but probably even an individual scale, yeah. You know, like for this event, we're going to do you know whatever Nerf Wars. Yep. Okay, that's our prior. That's our event. Now, what do we want to communicate about it? Starting there. And working backwards to, okay, what are we wanting to communicate? Who we want to communicate to? And then what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So I was very judgmental of probably most ministry leaders, but I'm going to, I'm going to target y'all yeah. <laughs> of student ministry people in general, <laughs> like, like just because everything was about the best time ever. It was about the most fun ever. And, and I just really, I struggled because I didn't understand that there was a deeper layer and so like youth ministry wasn't significant for me as a kid. Like it was formative, yeah. but it, it wasn't the, it wasn't the Nerf Wars or the, you know, the pie throwing yeah. content, I, whatever. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't that, that stuff that really impacted me. And so what was, what was shocking to me, it, it was really a, a lesson in humility for me was when I really pushed hard I got to some really deep and profound purposes for yeah. the Nerf event <laughs> that right. I didn't know were there. But but I think sometimes it's a little too hard to see those things through the, you know, the hype and excitement of the Nerf event. Yeah. When the reality is that what what kids are longing for or what humanity is longing for is deep meaningful connection in an environment where they can be who they are, broken or not, you know, wherever wherever they kind of fall on the spectrum of things. And so it's there there are these little glimpses into that world that I think are important, you know, in, yeah. in the way that we communicate. No, that's helpful. And I think sometimes for us, especially in student ministry, uh, a lot of those things are just kind of naturally intuitive in the sense that they kind of undergird everything we're doing. So like, even in your talk, like your example there, Oh man, meaningful relationships that, you know, in community where you can be, you are like for as I mean, for me as a youth pastor, like when I sit down with our student team, that's a given, you know, like that's for us, that's a given, but we don't necessarily even think to communicate that a lot of times to others. And so I think really sitting down and defining, listing out the purpose, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? Who do we need to communicate to? Because you might not, like you're not going to, you can't print a flyer and give it to a student on a Wednesday night and think that that thing is going to make it to the parent in any way that's going to be readable, right? By the time it makes it there. Yeah. If it makes it there. And so the the an invite card can be an incredibly useful tool for a student to invite a friend, but it's probably not the best tool to communicate that to a parent. So even in, even in thinking through, again, that's why I like when you're saying like purpose drives priority, because it may mean that we're communicating in multiple ways rather than starting with the tool or the platform and then working backwards. Um, I love that. That's good. Yeah. And and to your point, I'm I'm sitting here as a calm person and even the language that I naturally use has to be interpreted because I'm not speaking to a group of calm people. Right. And so one of the things that that happens regularly is that we develop our own sort of insider language unintentionally, yeah. you know, no no animosity, no angst or whatever, but 
in order to be the most effective communicator, you communicate the things that are assumed in your group. And so the first challenge is developing the eyes to see those things. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a voice from the outside. Sometimes over time you can develop it. Um, but, but then it is figuring out a framework to communicate that. So just as a kind of an example, sort of a, here's something that you can take and throw it and you know, use it, don't, whatever. But it just as an example, uh, we decided that we were going to create a type of event. We called them live meaningful events. And so the idea was these aren't just come and have a good time. Like there's something deeper to them. They, they right. fit into a category of what the church sort of had elevated as values, the three meaningfuls. And so we then decided to brand those events as a live meaningful event. So the extent of our conversa- of our communication was just that it had a little logo on the bottom that said live meaningful event. And then if we wanted to kind of kick it up a notch, we could say, you know, uh, relationship or we could say worship or we could, you know, whatever we could, we could put that in whatever the value was that we, that we wanted to kind of communicate. So what you're doing now is you're helping the audience connect to their purpose or to, you know, to the, to the organization's goals of trying to move people into some of these moments so that you're now seeing, oh, this isn't just an event, but this is actually part of the work that the church is doing in terms of growing me. And, you know, so, so there's just a little way that you can do that, but you're communicating now some of those foundational principles that are assumed and nothing's ever received that way. You know, whenever yeah. the, the, the times that I go into a meeting, assuming that everybody's on the same page are the, the days when I take a long lunch, cause I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, that's not, <laughs> that didn't go right. well, <laughs> you know? Right. So, so, okay, we're talking about, you know, priority, if you, priority driving purpose, right? And, and priority, I mean, purpose driving priorities. And then even uh, from that, thinking through, okay, how, then how do we communicate? Um, and I love that. But let's talk also, because I think the other side of that is, okay, you're, let's say you have Instagram, you have TikTok, right? You have whatever those are, whatever the platform, you have a YouTube channel, there is a component where you have to have a strategy for that piece as well, right? Otherwise, like t- one of the I'll, I'll I'll step into your world for a moment, okay? Uneducated, I'm excited, and to see how it goes. <laughs> a, a big pet peeve of mine, which we struggle with, and this is why it's a pet peeve of mine because I I'm constantly frustrated by it because I it's something that we have just struggled to get our head around with everything else in the last couple of years. Uh, I hate Instagram being a billboard. Like if, if everything you're putting on Instagram is a, is just an image with a time and a date or, you know, it, it, it's like a billboard you drive by or you'd scroll by, man, that frustrates me because there's, there's, there's no reason to stop and engage with that. And it, it's, you might as well not even do it. Cause it's, I mean, now you can do some of that. I'm not saying don't ever like, no, don't ever do that. I think you can have some of that, but you can't only have these billboard type posts. So you have to have a strategy in in the sense of how are you going to leverage whatever platform you're on, whether that's a YouTube channel, whether that's a an Instagram account, is that a Snapchat? Is that a TikTok? Is that a, you know, you've got a Facebook group for parents. How are you leveraging that Facebook? What's, what's that? So it's not just another notification of something. Um, how do you, what advice do you give for thinking through those things and, and how do we get better at that as someone who doesn't have 
a full-time job, if you will, to devote to those types of things. Yeah, that's great. Um, I have found young, young in my life, limitations were a thing that I wanted to fight against. As I get older, limitations are the key to freedom <laughs> in a lot of ways. And so I would say the key here is to limit the types of things that you're going to be posting about, but, but intentionally defining what they are. So there are four areas, specifically on socials, there are four opportunities that I see. I see the opportunity to teach. So you have the opportunity to um, pull out a concept from the message, from what small groups has covered, you know, whatever, or even just some idea. How do we respond to the fact that there's an international crisis or how do you respond to a pandemic? How do you respond to whatever? It doesn't matter what it is. It's a platform that you can leverage to teach. Uh, it's also a platform that you can leverage to challenge people. You can, you can assert that uh, cultural flow is not at all the way that we should be going. And I'm going to challenge you on that idea. And, and we're going to, we're going to shift and go a different way as Christ followers. That's what we're called to. This is what, this is what Jesus would say. This is what scripture tells us, you know, whatever you can, you can challenge. Um, you can bring joy. This is one that often gets overlooked <laughs> because we're so focused on sustaining our own stuff. The numbers aren't high enough. And so I think another billboard would be helpful, but bringing joy, allowing people, because, because beauty, and this is, this is the super artsy fartsy part of it, but beauty is part of experiencing God. I mean, I look yeah. around at the world that God has created and it's beautiful. And so the, the art world and the creative world really sits in this idea of beauty being a powerful part of, of understanding who God is even. Mm. So not to get too abstract or whatever, but, but bringing joy celebration is part of what you see that throughout scripture where yeah. there's these festivals and these incredible things. And I think to myself, I don't, I haven't been to a festival lately. I've only been to like a knockoff Halloween event. You know? <laughs> so like, what are we celebrating? What's, what's the joy found in life? And then the last one is reach. You can reach a group of people. You can reach the fringes of your ministry in that way. So I actually don't like billboards at all on social media. Yeah. I think there are much better uses of it. And so what, what's helpful for me though is to then, and this is what I even like thinking through the all church level, I would define a strategy based on percentages. And so I never will, I will never win the battle that you shouldn't use social media for, for billboards. So right. just know that. So like, I think I gave them 50%, 50% right. is billboards. Fine. You know, right. just let me have my little pocket of victory over here. <laughs> and, um, and then it was like 25% had to be joy celebration. And then 25% had to be, you know, teaching or something else, you know, but, but what, what you can do is you can, you can really break down the types of posts that you're doing. And so then when you schedule out your, your socials, you can look and you can see, you could say, you know what, man, I'm real heavy on, I'm real heavy on condemnation this week. <laughs> I should probably lighten that load a little bit, you know, but, but what it, what it also does though, is it helps, it helps limit you around the things that you have already defined as values. Yeah. And so I think that's the, the, the problem that I've seen, you know, design really is a problem solving industry. And so the areas where I've been able to save the most time 
are the ones where it's a repeating problem that has to get solved. And so what the biggest, I think, pitfall, and this is really what I'm seeing of anybody who's not a full-time designer, though it's true of designers too. So like, hear that. This isn't like, oh yeah, you guys trying to do design, you guys got trouble. That's not it at all. (laughs) We just can't remain employed if we don't figure it out. Right. Um, But the biggest time savers that I found really are tied to that idea of, of putting in clear limitations that you operate within. Yeah. That's, what's going to be your key to, to finding success in being able to balance the design or calm side of your job with the stuff that, you know, you're called to do, for example, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, and I think that's, that's, that's the ultimate goal for me is like, how do I help ministry leaders save time so that they could do ministry, not do design? So you said something in passing really briefly, and I just want to circle back and hit this. You used a word schedule. (laughs) So you said when you schedule your posts out. And so uh, I just want to hit on that because there are tools that will help you do that. Some of them you pay for. But honestly, you can do this with a spreadsheet, a Word document, uh, you know, man, a note in your phone. But I think the key is don't, be reactive all the time. You need to sit down and plan. Take some time. And look, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time or any amount of time, you'll know that we have continually told you, man, look ahead, right? Plan ahead. Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in three? Where do you want to be in a year, six months? And I think you don't have to plan that far out, certainly with socials, but take take a, an hour of your week or half an hour, lunch one day, and sit down and think through, uh, what are you going to post? What's it going to be? And we're going. If you're if you're if you're at a place where you even know teaching wise where you're headed, you can have a, your teaching schedule. Then you can do that even more effectively and uh, more proactively. And so, yeah, I don't know if you want to add to that, but I think that's key. Yeah. So I mean, this isn't to to steal the thunder of you know one of the things that I'm I'm providing, but one of the the three there's like three secrets that I've kind of found over the years that have been. I mean, critical for me to increase my volume as a designer and just as a producer of content for ministry leaders. And that's one of them on that list. It's create your social media in chunks. Yeah. So one of the things that I was doing, so I mean, obviously in in business land, it's a little different in the sense that I have nobody here to help me. (laughs) Like if I don't bring in clients or if I don't bring in revenue, like there's no fallback plan. I mean, there's savings or, you know what I mean? There's there's job boards, I guess. Right. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, like I, I have embraced a different mindset around this stuff. So one of the things for me, very high priority, as is with everybody in every industry everywhere, I got to be on socials, right? That's got to be the key. And so what I found myself doing was putting so much, uh, putting so much value on the impact of it that I would want to be creating for it every day. Two yeah. things happened. One, burned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I just, I'm over it. Maybe the best answer is not even to be on socials at all. That was the, that was the inner dialogue, you know, but the second was I was wasting time. Like you would not believe because I was probably putting in one to two hours every day because what Mm. was happening was I would get off the phone or I would get out of a meeting or I'd get finished with a project. Like, dude, I'm spent, man. Like I don't, I just don't have any creative energy in the tank right now. And so I decided to, to do this, to apply this. And I decided to reduce it down. And I said, okay, Monday mornings, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not doing any design work. I'm not emailing potential clients. I'm doing zero of the things. I'm only focusing on socials. Yeah. 
and and even to the point of I'm not even thinking about what I'm posting next week, even at that level. So I came, I came in, I sat down at my desk and I said, okay, what do I want to post about for the next week? And I started, I just opened up notes, you know, mm-hmm. the free Apple world app. I'm sure. Samsung has a notes app. I mean, yeah. if not, you should switch over, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> um, but, but literally I made a bullet point list. And the reason I did that is so I could check it, you know, do the checkbox once it's done. So I know I didn't have to, you know, do that one twice. And I'm telling you, I was able to get done in probably what used to take me somewhere between 12 and 15 hours throughout the course of a week in under two hours, I was able to get everything I ideas, you know, ideated to use the fancy term, but like I wrote down my list of what I wanted to post that week. I wrote the copy for the posts. Mm -hmm. In my case, I filmed the content and edited it, like trimmed Mm -hmm. it. I designed any visuals that I needed to design and I scheduled it in my social media scheduler in two hours. I mean, so, so now what am I going to do with that extra 12 hours? Well, I mean, now I could have harebrained ideas about what might work in business. Like, right. Right. <laughs> so, so it, to, to plan is so fundamentally critical for you to balance what you're doing with other things. And even to your point, Jody, about knowing what you're teaching ahead, like I I'm, I'm a teacher by nature. That's kind of like, that's just how God has wired me. That's my highest spiritual gift. Like everything I do turns into teaching, whether I want it to or not. Right. But I look at social media and I think to myself, think of it instead of an hour or 45 minutes or 15 minutes or however much time you have to teach your students. Think of it like you're in a year long class and every day there's a little kind of a micro lesson that's being communicated. And so rather than thinking, what am I going to try to cram into this week's message? Think of it as a thread that's carrying throughout every single day of the week, every single day of the month, every single day of the year. And you're now saying, I know that in February, we're going to be talking about love because every time that that happens that one day, 14th in particular, but every day. So what if I talk about setting up this idea in January, not every week, but maybe a couple days, we talk about this idea of how relationship was formed, Adam and Eve, conversations, you know, whatever. And then it becomes, we're going to talk about that later. What you're doing is you're priming the pump for a lot of these conversations that now have had the time to percolate longer in the hearts and the minds of these students. So now when you get there, they're more ready to hear what's being communicated. Yeah. Like I know for me, I have a 13 year old son and when I tell him something, he hears it two days from when I tell him, right? I don't know what the pro like, I don't know what the process is that's happening in his mind, but it's delayed. <laughs> and so if we're going to do something on the weekend, I should I should tell him on Tuesday to let him get frustrated by Thursday to then settle on Friday. And then we're excited to go on the weekend, you know, but that's just the nature, you know, the nature of kind of the beast in this type of situation. And so the plan now, yes, it becomes a time saver. Yes. It becomes hyper pragmatic, but it also becomes the, uh, the key to unlock the ability to really transform the hearts and minds of people to over the long, <laughs> the long haul, hey. yeah, some of those trademarks, sorry about that, <laughs> but, uh, but over the long haul, you're really, you're really helping 
equip the saints, you know, you're, yeah. you're shepherding people, you're, you're discipling them. So, so it, to me, that's where the schedule becomes so important. It's such a beautiful picture of what this space can be. Yeah. So I want to give, I'm going to take what we've talked about and I want to try to distill it down to a really practical step for folks to take. And then I want to just really briefly maybe have you throw out some, some good, cheap, free resources that folks can run to for help, if that's fair. Um, and, and you can, Agree or disagree with what I'm about to say, but it's my show, so I'll just edit it out later. Uh, then I disagree. probably agree. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, here's something really helpful for you that I hope that you're already doing or beginning to do uh, that will help specific, not just with, with this idea of, of design and communication and, uh, and all this, but just across the board, it will strengthen everything that you do. When you sit down to plan an event, uh, whether it's a, whether it's camp, maybe it's a small group kickoff or a back to school thing or an end of year celebration or it's Nerf Wars uh, we used earlier, whatever it is, um, really take the time to whiteboard that out. And, and, you know, we talked a lot about purpose earlier. I think you need to know the purpose of the event. Everything doesn't have to be like deeply spiritual. You can do things for fun. That's okay. We're allowed. Um but you start with that and, and and then as you begin to distill some of that out, like, okay, you're going to, you're going to plan the, the details of the event. Yes, of course. I hope uh, you're going to have a budget for the event. I hope, right. Um, you're going to have a, uh, you know, a plan for the flow of the night of what that's going to look like and who's involved and, and what time, what's happening and, and where these things are. And if there's transportation needed, like you're going to think through all of those pieces but then also stop and think through what needs to be communicated, who does it need to be communicated through, what is the best way to communicate it, and where will they likely go to find that as well. One of the things that I see happening over and over and over is that we tend to put things where we like, where they seem to make sense to us. Oh, it's on the webpage. Well, great, but maybe folks aren't going to the webpage or we, we put it on a certain spot in the webpage where someone wouldn't go search for it. Um, and so maybe you'd need it in both places. Um, but, but how do we communicate what we're communicating to, uh, to folks and that, that they would be able to find it? And all of that then becomes like a part of the plan for the event. So, uh, you know, for us, you know, I, I'm a big template worksheet guy, right? So like in, in my, uh, my iPad, I have a little bit of a, a template that helps me as I'm thinking through things, uh, just questions that I've come up with over the years that, that really prod me to think through, okay, who's the target for the event? Uh, is there a cost? Uh, does there need to be a budget specifically for this event? Is transportation needed? Who needs to know who, what other departments does it affect? Um, if I'm doing worship, do I need to communicate to our worship folks? If I, do I need to let, you know, our facilities or custodial people know, do I need to reserve space somewhere? Um, and so I think all of those things help, but your, uh, your, your communication of that and your social media strategy has to be built in as a part of that event as you plan it. Otherwise, you'll be you'll be you're just scrambling at the end to to get it done and to get it right. So when you sit down to plan those things, plan all of that out. Then I don't know if that makes sense, but that's for me. Yeah, that's no, been that's, really helpful. 
Yeah, it's almost like an intake questionnaire. As yeah. you're planning an event, what are all the different factors that need to be included in your preparation? Yeah. And that's part of it. Yeah, to, one other thing that I would say, and this this is really the burden of calm, you know, like, so if as we're having this conversation, understand that this this is a little bit of the way that the calm mind works. How can I make this as easy as possible for people to hear this information? And so to your point about, we put information where it feels natural and comfortable for us, that is one of the major problems that happens is we think everybody should be going to this page, but is everybody going to this page? Right. And so when we get too prescriptive in our, in our kind of, you know, definition of what is right in terms of where people should get information, we end up losing the attention of people. And so that's an important thing to, to kind of evaluate as you're figuring out how do parents prefer to get content? I mean, again, this is super old school. Maybe parents prefer getting a mailed letter once a week with information. Yeah. Maybe they want their own separate email list. Yeah. Maybe they want their own separate Instagram account. I don't, I don't know the answer. It's different in every context, but, but it's worth having the conversation because this is what I've learned. Even if you don't do the exact preference of everyone, the fact that you asked earns you so much in terms of, we appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for considering the way that we would prefer to be getting stuff. And, and and then the no is often met with, I understand that that's more complex, or I understand that that may be too difficult. I'll try to change and, you know, get the information the way that you guys are posting it. But, but it's the openness and the opportunity for somebody to speak in yeah, no, that's that I think is really key. But, and then in terms of tools, um, I'm a big fan of Buffer. Uh, they have a free planning like a free scheduling system like they just have a free account i think you get 10 i think you get 10 posts yeah. at a time so that means you have 10 in there and it runs through the queue and then if there's five remaining that means you can add five more so it's not 10 total but it's 10 concurrently scheduled um and so that for me it's very beautiful <laughs> which i care about it's very <laughs> simple it's easy to use the other thing i love about it is that it works on your phone as well nice just as effectively and so that's been my that's my primary uh, tension. I find that I actually can do good work on my phone. And so what I, what I'll do is I'll, let's say I have a, a moment of inspiration while I'm eating lunch. I can open buffer, write down a script real quick and schedule it. And then I'm done. Yeah. Like I can revisit it later and have that information available to me or worse. If there's a major event that happens and then you need to check your schedule, like to make sure that there's not a post about like something that would be perceived as offensive. This is kind of the common problem, the common stress <laughs> that wakes calm people up at night. Yeah. A major event happens. You have a post that seems to make light of it, even though it was planned four years ago, like, okay, we gotta, we gotta make that adjustment. You can access it on your phone. Super easy. Um, and then in terms of even creating the, the, the content itself, Canva actually has a ton of social media templates, yeah. which is a brilliant way to solve this problem. Um, a, a little kind of a, I don't know if a, what you, how you describe it. I don't want to like over dramatize it. It's like a little bit of like a, like a pro tip. Whenever we design a series graphic, we design both the graphic. So let's say you have your Nerf war. We design the Nerf war with all the content. But then I remove all of the content and just leave the background and some of the key design elements. So let's say we have two guns shooting at each other. I'll move them to the corners and then I export it. And then you have a background where any posts that you do related to that event, you already have the artwork done. Yeah. And so really successful communication is about repurposing content 
as many times as possible, not just for ease though. Yeah. Cause here's the big key for me. If I see a graphic and it's two Nerf guns shooting at each other, I think that's the Nerf event. Then if I see a social media post and there's two Nerf guns in the corner, I know that this is for the same event. Right. And so what you've successfully done now is communicated without any words at all. And then you can say, update, bring your own darts. The sponsor fell through. Right. <laughs> or yeah. update, you know, don't bring darts. We got a sponsor, you know. So what you're doing now is you're saving yourself a lot of time on the preparation side because when you've when you've had that first conversation, you sat down and you said, and just I mean, a quick caveat here. This is true whether you're working with a comm team or not. Yeah. So if you're handing this off to somebody else to do the design work, man, give them a full list. I'm going to need uh, a, a flyer promoting it, an Instagram post promoting it, but then I also want explicitly ask for it. I also want the backgrounds blank so that I can add social content mm. or I can you know, add you know, text updates over it. Uh, I want a slide for the event. I also want a blank in case we add any extra information to it. So what you're doing yeah. is you're you're thinking ahead enough to save yourself a ton of time in the back end. Yeah. So no, that's great. That's great. Well, Matt, thanks for coming on. Uh, we like we promised to begin the show. Matt's got some goodies for you, right? And so I don't know what fifty bucks or something worth of stuff that you're just gonna give away because you're just yeah. that kind of guy. That's right. Yeah. For, just yeah, a, so just a just a giver, not a taker. That's generous. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm seriously grateful for it. So if you're finding yourself doing more design than you thought you'd ever do, or even if it's just something you enjoy and you've kind of taken on, um, you know, I think there's always things to learn and grow. I'm even thinking as you're talking through, man, we're talking through socials, like find accounts that you like and follow a bunch, see what, what you like, what seems to be working and make note of that so that you can kind of take some inspiration from of those, some of those things as well. But uh, anyway, we want a resource. We want to be helpful. So um, if you'll go to the longer slash lunchtime, uh, the longer slash lunchtime uh, there, you'll find uh, what the links and stuff you need to grab these, these freebies that, uh, that Matt's given just some really practical helps and tips. Uh, like I said, you know, $50 or something worth of stuff there for free. So we love free stuff around here, Matt. I don't know if you knew that. It's good. Just in general, youth pastors really like free things, um, except for the couches that people drop off because they don't want to haul them to Goodwill. Nobody wants those, but we get them anyway. So helpful free stuff is always better. But Matt, thanks. Any last thoughts or anything that you want to, I mean, you don't have to have anything, I guess, but. I just, I'm, I'm thankful for the work that, that those who are in the trenches of ministry are doing. One of the things that I, that I always kind of go back to, if, if the comm team can't get your design done, the ministry guys will get it done. But if the ministry guys don't have time for the, the funeral visit, visit the you know, hospital visit, pray with a kid who's struggling through something, typically the comm team won't step in there. And so I am incredibly thankful for the way that, that you care for people that are walking through challenging things in life, pointing them back to who God is. And so I want you out of design, not because you're not great at it, yeah. <laughs> but because the work that God has called you to do is far more important. That's great. Uh, Matt, if folks want to connect with you beyond this episode, maybe they have more questions or just want to touch, what's the easiest place for them or the easiest way for them to connect with you? Yep. Probably go to my website, lunchtimeheroes.co, and they'll have uh, the, the opportunity to connect with me there. All my socials are on there, all that kind of stuff. That's great. 
That's great. Well, Matt, thanks. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for jumping in. Hey, thanks everybody for listening today. Again, make sure you head over to longerhall.com slash lunchtime uh, and grab those freebies as you go and help uh, help navigate that. We'll be back in the next episode. As always, thanks. If you have not uh, subscribed to the podcast, follow the podcast, please do that. Uh, you can head over to longerhall.com as well. Find all the ways and places to do that. Jump on the email list with a few thousand other youth pastors. And we'd love to have you join the Super Secret Podcast group. Um, there's a, a few hundred folks in that. that uh, just, just really great, encouraging uh, group there. So anyway, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for all you do. Don't give up. Don't quit. We're all going to be okay. Uh, and this has been a tough season, but the best days are ahead for sure. We love you guys. Thanks for what you're doing. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace out.